Hello and welcome to the A-Form show. My name is Alan George and thank you very much for tuning in. Each week we sit across from thought leaders and change makers in the architecture and design space of the GCC. We dive deep into their experiences both professionally and personally and share their valuable insight as to what makes them tick. Our goal is to add value to your day and help you navigate your own personal creative journey. Finally, the opinions and the views of the guest speakers are that of their own. They do not necessarily represent the views and the opinions of the show or the host. Before we get into the show, we'd love to give a big shout out to our friends at Inkscape Education Management based right here out of Dubai Design District. Inkscape is a design training institute specializing in skill training specifically for the design and creative professions. They currently offer short courses in architecture, fashion, interior design, and graphics design. Inkscape's unique training style is aimed at training individuals through design thinking methodologies, enabling them to process and generate real-life solutions with confidence. If you're a working professional, they got you covered too. In addition to the daytime courses that they have running. There are courses tailor-made for you with evening sessions. They provide working professionals with an opportunity to acquire new skills when it suits them. In a nutshell, you can earn while you learn. So the time is now. Pick up a new skill and add value to your workspace. If this is of interest to you, feel free to reach out to them on Instagram and Facebook at WeAreInscape UAE. That is WeAreInscape UAE. Today's guest is Devanshi Jakia. As an interior designer, Devanshi has constantly challenged the status quo. Never satisfied with the mediocre, she is known for pushing boundaries in her design. She has been part of projects which have truly created an identity for their clients. Currently practicing out of the award-winning firm Brand Creative, she has been exposed to interior design, brand creation, ideation and brand identity. Undoubtedly, it's safe to say Devanshi understands the why behind interior design as well as the how. Armed with this foundation, we are sure she is going to go on to do big things in the field. Be on the lookout for what she does next. In today's episode, we talk about having a vision and executing on it, her work at Brand Creative and the current market stance on interior design. So without further ado, take it away, Devanshi. And we're live again. Hi. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we actually went about like 10 minutes into this interview and then the entire software just crashed. So we're going to try and do this as casually and as, as informally as we can okay. all over again. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's do this all over again. Right. So, hi, Devanshi. Hi, Alan. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How is everything with you? Thank is you for the coffee, by the way. Oh, no no worries. It's on the house. So right off the bat, man, one of the reasons uh, why I actually wanted to have you on the show was because I want to kind of share the ID side of things mm-hmm. for this industry, specifically for this region, because a lot of people kind of assume it's very similar to architecture, mm-hmm. but it really isn't. Mm-hmm. And specifically, why I wanted you is because I've only recently met you. I don't know much about your work and what you do and so on. But one of the first times I met you, I thought your energy was just infectious. And therefore, I'm like, there is no way that that doesn't translate to like your work. 
So this is kind of like my selfish opportunity <laughs> to figure out how you operate, right? Thank you. So first question is, tell me about how you found interior design, or maybe how interior design found you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Uh, this was never like a direct decision. It was just like along the years, I found out that it was aligning with my personal values and who I am as a person. And it just found me, basically. And it has a funny story to it. So basically, there were like two major decisions that were lined up for me. The first one being in grade 12, where my parents decided that I'd be doing commerce with marketing. And there was this was absolutely nowhere close to what I ever wanted to do. I had no idea though. But but did they have any inclination? Not about you wanting to do interior design, mm. but about you being creative in any way. Yeah. Any particular thing that you always like doing. Yeah, I, I was always like into sketching, drawing, arts, and I was always into the artsy side of things. I walked into my first class, first day of grade eleven. And 15 minutes into my marketing class, I got up and like very dramatically, I told everybody, okay, not everybody, my professor, okay, this is not happening. I am out of here. I got out, but in a nice way, in a nice way. I picture this like a very movie kind of scene, but like, (laughs) I have had enough of this nonsense. (laughs) You can say, yeah, that's how it went down. (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, in a nice way. Yes, like, I have had enough of this. This is not happening. This is not it. (laughs) Yeah. And then I didn't just walk into a fashion studies class. Yes, of course, I had to go through the proper channels. But I'd like to say that, yes, I just walked out of the class and walked into a fashion design class. That's about it. So I did it, although... But fashion design still isn't interior design. It isn't still interior design. So you still then... It was still something, yeah, it was still something design related, at least something that aligns more with who I am as a person and not completely what my parents wanted me to do. Right. So like I just, like I respected their decision and I actually did well. I was really horrible all throughout my school life. I would fail a subject. (laughs) Which, which, which is actually very common when I Mm. talk to a lot of people, I mean, myself included, Mm. I very proudly say that I actually failed my 12th. Mm. Uh, which I know is like a big deal for like a lot of people and rightly so at the time it was very crippling for me yeah but then I realized once I found something which I was genuinely passionate for I could work like hours and hours and hours and not even realize yeah it reached a point where grades didn't even matter yeah I knew I would get a good grade it didn't matter if it was a B or an A or whatever but I was more passionate about the work that I was doing really being up to its best potential Mm. so it's quite common actually so yeah that makes sense. Hmm. So you study interior design. I understand you have some time with APID. For our listeners, what is the APID to start off? APID with? is the Association of Professional Interior Design. Uh, and again, Canadian University organized uh, a career fair. And I was just like walking by and like checking out all the stands and stuff. At that moment, I met Linda Meru, my mentor through the summer of 2015. I just submitted my CV. I was very enthusiastic about doing an, an internship anywhere it would right. be, but I didn't know what it's going to be. It would turn out to be APID. A week later, I got an email from Linda saying that you've been selected for an internship with us over the summer. I mean, it was a very big year for APID because it was their 10th year and they wanted to launch their 10th anniversary publication. I was assisting Linda with anything and everything that she wanted anything and everything that she wanted to do for that publication so that was kind of like an anniversary edition exactly okay 
Tell me about how she became your mentor. Or did you know you even wanted one or it just kind of happened naturally? It just kind of happened naturally. No, because this is something which which I kind of struggle with a lot. I keep telling people that they should find a mentor. Mm. Um, especially for creatives, especially if you don't particularly have any roots in the field. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to find a mentor just mm. because, you know, you can obviously learn so much more. Mm. But then people always then ask me, okay, but how do I A, find one? Mm. And B, if I find one, how do I approach one? Mm. And C, if I find one and approach one, how do I convey what my intent and what I want to get out of it? Because mm. basically I'm going and asking someone who has probably no time mm. to give me some of their time for no potential financial gain in the near future so how do i sell you know myself to a person like that and tell them that please give me your time because i would really want to learn hmm. so all i told them is that literally tell me that <laughs> literally go them and tell them i will do whatever it takes to be around you for like the next whatever two months don't pay me don't do anything i just want to be around you to ad- absorb as whatever much as i can yeah yeah so i'm like literally just go to whoever it is and tell that person that this is what you want be very clear about what you want to get out of it mm. be very clear about their commitment to the same thing mm. and you know what if they say no they say no but at least at you least know given a shot, yeah. at least you've given it a shot mm. and sooner or later you will actually have someone who is genuinely going to be like huh well no one's ever done that before sure absolutely i'm happy to help i'm happy to help i mean tag along why not yeah right yeah and it's really underrated how important mentorship actually is Mm. nowadays especially yeah you know in your case so it just happened naturally it happened just naturally and then eventually like for me at at that time it is always it has always been about uh, trying to add as much as value as i can to the organization as well as to the person like i know there are no financial gains like little to no financial financial gains when it comes to an internship however there are a lot more gains in terms of yeah there's a lot of experience that you gain out of this experience and exposure a lot of stuff which you would normally not be exposed to yeah or rather have not been exposed to like a lot of i find a lot of back end things yeah so like, i learned a lot of i learned a lot of admin stuff like how to write emails present yeah. yourself present yourself right. exactly and i know in like my very first internship i was lucky enough to kind of go to like a very small firm mm. and therefore one of my very first things was to proofread a contract mm. which was like 50 pages or something at wow. the time wow and i had no idea my my only job was not to check the content but mm. was to like kind of like grammar check and things like that mm. and i found myself literally like on google every 5 minutes kind of you know googling those abbreviations like what does rfp mean mm. oh okay that's the very first line okay moving on okay <laughs> and i had no idea because obviously i've you know never done that mm. but i guess that's what that whole internship experience is supposed to be like that is exactly how it's supposed to be that exactly yeah so APID happens. Yeah, so during APID uh, and the like this whole preparing for the 10th anniversary publication, there was a major section of the of the publication which was dedicated towards what interior design is going to be 10 years of from now, um which involved me going to like some of the top design agencies back in the day, which is also kind of 
true i mean there they also there still there there's there's still in the in the market and like you know you get the experience of an exposure to go to every single office and find right. out how the vibe is how the environment is the kind of people who the design leaders are and like you get a chance to like i got a chance to directly interact with a lot of the design leaders and i finally met the creative director of brand creative carla conte and at the end of the interview because obviously again i went to the office i met i didn't meet the people as such but i saw how they worked and i met carla and at the end of the interview like this was my aha moment <laughs> but this was this was your interview of her for apid yes okay. for how, what design is going to be 10 years from now and like at the end of the interview i asked her if there was any way i could intern on intern with her at the office but then like i i did approach her after i graduated like by myself but i never got a response from her cuz obviously she gets she gets a um, lot of a million emails probably exactly yeah. and yeah that never happened but every single step from 2015 all the way until 2017 was me trying to get into brand creative like that was my whole and soul aim like nothing more nothing less and that's dedication that's something you don't hear about very often because mm-hmm. people normally are like yeah dude i just need a job at a place it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> but no so i i want to know if that was your intent you had it set in your mind that i want to work mm-hmm. as an interior designer with brand creative nothing more nothing less so i'm trying to understand how much of tailoring or how much of change or how much of revision for lack of a better word mm. did you have to do for your own work for yourself mm. in order to make that happen like i didn't have to do revisions as such i had to edit my cv and portfolio right. and everything to make sure that uh, it is more so aligned towards what brand creative does right because back in the days i was very much into graphic design right as well as interior design like i was studying interior design but i was heavily interested in graphic design so i think that was a good good starting point and i had also worked for like i had also interned for another company wherein i had to do all of their graphic work right so yeah i kind of had the experience of graphics but like studying interior design and that's what i thought was the starting point to go there like skill uh, in terms of the skill like design skill but however uh i started following them on their social media like the way they used to put up things on their website like you can already tell that they they're very team oriented and that is one thing that really that i really liked and even when i had met carla she always gave me the vibe of we do this like we do this there's and no i it's always we it's always we and it's yeah. not like you know how designers are generally very egotistical which is why i was i never wanted like i didn't want to be a part of something that was just all about an i right and whenever there is like this whole v and this team spirit it always like it really attracted me towards right being a part of this organization which actually makes sense i can see why you'd be attracted to that i think anyone would in mm. all honesty i just mm. don't think people have articulated that that is what they want mm. i think a lot of people realize what you realize maybe like midway in their career when they're like you know oh man this isn't really what i wanted and why is it and oh that's why it is mm. and you know if they obviously put their mind to it they can make the change but yeah. for most people it becomes a bit too late mm. by that point 
I can totally relate to that because there was a firm which I wanted to work with, not not as intensely as how you wanted to work with Brand Creative, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but this firm that I wanted to work for, and I actually did pretty much what you did, um, mm. literally stalked them on socials and like actually reworked my entire portfolio to mm. match their color palette, to match their font, to match um, you know the way that they presented. They had this style wherein they'd have like one big image and then mm. like a bit of text and then okay. a few like diagrammatic kind of like you know explanations mm. of whatever i see i actually like reworked my work mm-hmm. to match that format and then i literally like custom made that entire portfolio like even addressed it to the director the first, yeah like typed out and it got printed and bound and everything like that mm. um so did you ever submit it to them though i did i did um okay it didn't really lead to anything mm. it led to me basically getting facetime mm-hmm. with that person okay. who was overly impressed mm-hmm. because obviously i took so much time and effort into it mm. and when i came in the door i came in already knowing a lot about how the office at least their projects were yeah because i was following like literally i was following them on like their news feeds yeah. any awards that they won where their staff was going where their sites were what was active what was mm. completed mm. so i kind of went in knowing all of this already okay at the time obviously they had their own thing so mm. i didn't really have a position there but mm. my point is that led to like a very good relationship which in my view is a victory out it of that is. entire process it definitely is yeah right? yeah i mean that's what uh, when 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 i try explaining it to a lot of people they mm. don't really see the ROI mm. on it mm. or any kind of return on it for that matter yeah yeah for me i feel like there is i just don't think there's I any way to a, measure it i have a very similar story so back when i was graduating you know we have this class for portfolio right and stuff so i had already clearly told my intent to my professor and so even when <laughs> this came, is a brand creative portfolio <laughs> right now i'm yeah. telling you <laughs> yeah and i i was writing see like i was everything about that portfolio class for me was how i'm going to get into brand creative every single class of that was just me trying to get into brand creative including writing cover letters actually to be honest like my my not my logo wasn't entirely based on brand creative but the color scheme sort of it was not exactly it was in the same uh, how do you say the same colors the same color, palette the same pa- the similar palette it was not the same it was not exactly the same but it was very similar again at the end of it it did not happen the traditional way um i applied again like they get millions of cvs and stuff so right. obviously they uh, it never went through this way at the end when i was graduating i had another internship that i did at a furniture design company followed by one of our professors uh, mr massimo imperato he uh, had his own project which was a conference i don't know if you've heard of ua modern I think so yeah 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 I so i was uh, helping him assist to like event coordinate the whole thing and this was the very first time he was doing this as well so uh, i mean it was really exciting for the both of us and then i happened to meet 
the sponsor of UA Modern, Rene. Rene was the ex-Apid director after Linda. And when Rene said that, okay, she was working for APID back in the day, right after Linda left the company, I, I kind of had a chance or a hope that she would know somebody from Brand Creative. Finally, I mustered up the courage to like, hey, by any chance, do you know anybody from Brand Creative? And then she's like, yeah, 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 I know. Um, I know Carla. So I said, I really want to do an internship with at her company like whether it's paid or unpaid or whatever the hell like whatever it may be i just want to be there then she's like yeah sure just send me a cv and portfolio and i sent it to her that night and then a week later again like i didn't know if i should ask her or not like i didn't want to be sounding so pushy but then again like i just like hey by any chance did you <laughs> did you get a did you hear back from her and then to my surprise she actually emailed uh, Renee back and she said that she remembered me from from two years and that I could give her a call so the second so UAE Modern was a three-day event and then on the second day of the event I landed an internship at at Brand Creative and so that weird. was like so I was so happy I was so 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 happy and then yeah so I did my three-month internship and it was almost coming to an end and I definitely wanted a job there. For sure, I wasn't leaving the company now. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get me out of here that easily. <laughs> That's not happening. Yeah, like we had a couple of discussions like, like with Carla. I showed her my vision board that... Sweet. Uh, that I always wanted to be a part of it. She was impressed. And before she asked me, are you looking for anything else? I said, to be honest, I stopped looking for... I, I, never, I never wanted to look at any other... like. I never looked outside of what I wanted. I wanted just this and that's it. Like, it's, right. yeah, nothing more, nothing less. And that's it. Nice. And you've been there now for how long? Uh, a year and a half. And now yeah. as an interior designer, though, not an intern. <laughs> of course, of course, because that's what, that was the aim. <laughs> yeah. So in your last one and a half years, anything, I mean, I'm sure... This is a very touchy subject and I mm. understand there are a lot of projects that have an NDA and stuff. But is there anything that you've worked on which you kind of felt really proud of? Which you kind of want to like shout out to the world? Be like, hey, look at this. I worked on that. So there are a lot of projects that I worked on. Like being a part of the team, obviously, I worked on a lot of projects. But there's this one project that's really close to my heart, which is Scorpion Smoking Center, uh, which is now opened in Box Park. By the way, if you guys want to go check it out. Shout out little plug to <laughs> Scorpion Smoking Center. I mean, I never knew though, like my first, the first project that I would be much more involved in. I got the chance to work on the the design direction of it. And then there's the one part of the the store that I'm absolutely proud of is the ceiling design of Scorpion Smoking Center. I Sweet, we go check it out. Yeah. Actually, I think if it's possible, we might even um, try to like link it in the show notes or something at the bottom. So if you guys are listening to this, there's probably some kind of link somewhere. We'll try to figure it out and, you know, put up a picture somewhere. Okay. Thank you for that. So yeah, that was, that is one of the projects that I am Very I'm proud, proud of. of. Yeah, I am proud of. Okay. Cool. Next thing that I'd want to know is there is no clear definition as to how architects work and everyone has like their own, you know, like unique style of you know workflow and approach and how they and approach it. and everything so i'm curious to know what is first what is yours mm. 
and then what is say brand creatives in general mm. uh how do you guys approach you know a fresh job so if you have say a client who's walked in mm. you've kind of had that initial meeting you kind of have your brief nailed down yeah so how would you or how would brand creative then take that forward what's your workflow like okay so personally i would sit in like i would actually hand write all of the notes that were given by the client so it's act it sits in my head once i'm yeah. done with that I go ahead and do like some inspiration sketches and all of that and then 3D modeling right by hand not on the computer okay yeah i like to i'm very hands on like that so i like to do that and then go back to the sample library get some finishes like actually that's pretty much how even our whole design team works like we do we go we sit through we sit and read through the brief or like somebody like sana and i for example we sit and write things down right But then, when you say that you make models, yeah, um, physical models for interiors, what would that be like? I mean, I'm I'm trying to understand models of what are you talking more like? First, it was me actually sitting and writing down the brief, okay. because uh, in brand creative, the way we work is like we do the branding, we do the interior, we do the graphics. It's actually a, a holistic way of working towards a brand and doing what's best for it, Just- as opposed to something that. Oh, okay. Like we're just doing it. For- yeah, like like you you know we'll have another consultant later on who'll come and figure that out. <laughs> yeah. So we like to work things in in one direction. Like in one direction. Everyone's under one umbrella, so everyone's working in that one yeah. direction, which is nice. Which is a multi-sensory holistic experience. <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Scorpion Smoking Center. was one of the projects you were really proud of mm. you were telling us about how the, the 3d modeling works yeah. yeah so 3d like i just sit and model things that so once i'm done with inspiration sketches then it could be modeling anything and everything so for like this project specifically i was trying out different ways of doing the ceiling up right but again it wasn't just this like not just 3d modeling then i was trying to sketch something and then i had given one of our senior 3D persons to model something on on CAD but right. then on the other hand like when i realized i'm not happy with that and that's actually not working out then i started like then i started approaching things in a more traditional way right when you say traditional meaning you were just sketching a lot sketching more sketching and ha- like right. doing all of the how how important do you think that it that, that is that is very important problem you have to approach it with a lot more care right but my thing is granted you can do that on cad as well my question is more why why is your why is sketching the way forward at least for that initial design step as compared to say a machine or you know any kind of cad personally for me it takes a lot more time to work on cad as opposed to just sitting and sketching something like i feel like it's more of it gives a it's it gives a more free flow of a thought right it's almost like doing a prep like a uh, you're preparing for a client presentation where you're speaking to somebody and you're like just going all out but you're not in front of the client but then when it comes to doing a client presentation you have to really refine refine that it's yeah it's exactly like you have to refine yeah. those thoughts and then project it in front right. of in front of them which makes sense which which probably means that your design process is a lot more iterative in the sense that you have many kind of ideas that evolve into other ideas which merge with other ideas and then you have this 
new baby that's formed at the end of it right yeah and that's exactly how we work so like for example i have a set of ideas and then let's say butros like our design manager he would have some ideas and then another person would have some ideas and then another person would have some ideas and then one like or okay. then we sit together not on a meeting table we have balls we sit on <laughs> sounds funny <laughs> but yeah <laughs> picture like everyone like bouncing around like yeah like that's like, my idea for today <laughs> we sit together and and then we get excited about each other said is oh my god that's totally going to work out that let's do that let's do that and everybody gets excited about everybody's ideas but then obviously like we don't go there are sometimes when we go all out crazy about oh fuck like this is amazing and then we try out and like obviously there is you don't get the design at once it it goes through a lot of no like oh my god we got excited to no this isn't working out right I mean it 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 happened a lot with us. I mean we're recently working on this uh this tower project mm. and again we got like super excited we're like oh yeah we're going to do this and we're going to do like this hanging you know green garden and we're going to do that and mm. we had all these sketches and then when we actually like scaled it to the site we're like right so uh <laughs> it's a really small site. <laughs> I don't think we can do any of that. <laughs> we might have to like you know tailor our ambition a little <laughs> more realistically mm. but but i completely understand like i mean at least with me also i like how that end product should not be known mm. i think if you already in your mind know what that end product is you probably are doing something wrong like yeah. there's something which is not really adding up mm. in the same breath i would also say there are a lot of architects who kind of like directly can visualize exactly what they want i feel like that comes with a lot of experience probably probably yeah. but i found at least for me the projects that i've worked on wherein what i started off was mm. something and mm. then what actually like got approved like they're not even the same language they're like mm. completely different i find those are normally the most successful projects yeah right? i yeah that's exactly what happens with us as well like we start with something it kind of is somewhere but not really there right and then eventually it gets there and then okay yeah that's about it cool well on that happy note we're going to take a very 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 quick commercial break probably get another coffee <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you right around the corner see you Thank you guys for listening to this episode thus far. It makes us really really proud that we can add value to your commute, your drive, your workout, your design time, whatever it is that you may be doing and keep you inspired. Our inspiration and passion is fueled by the amazing team over at the Orange Design Group. The Orange Design Group or ODG as they're affectionately known is an award-winning boutique design firm specializing in bespoke client-centric design solutions. They're based right out of dubai what's cool with them is that under their umbrella they offer an integrated design concept with architectural specialist lighting and home automation services their designs are super clean as in super super clean they have a keen eye for detail and their work has gone on to be featured in various media outlets both locally and internationally their work has won multiple awards across various fields currently they're working on delivering niche residential and cultural projects across the GCC their work is truly 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 inspiring for any designer you guys should definitely check them out they're on linkedin and instagram the handles are at @orange design group that is at @orange design group <laughs>
Ben. Damn, that was really loud. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alright. Okay. And yeah. we're back. Thank, Thank you guys you. for tuning in again. Well, I don't think they're tuning in again. I think they were probably just listening to us all this time. <laughs> I'd like to believe so. Before the break, we were talking about what your design workflow is like, what brand creative is like, how you guys kind of come up with your solutions and ideas and so on. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, something that I struggle with is I can never kind of put into a sentence or put into a phrase what I think good design is. When people ask me, what is good design? Because... I'm guilty of constantly saying, oh, you know, that's very badly designed or that cup is badly designed or, Mm. you know. And then the next question I get asked is normally, then what is good design? And I I at least struggle a lot with trying to answer what that question is for me. Mm. So I'd like to know if you have any thoughts on what do you think good design is Mm. in maybe like a phrase or a sentence or whatever it may be. I do have a phrase. And I can say that, but to what you have to say, I feel like good design has to be more about function. Like it first of all needs to be functionally in check. Like it has to work out in that, like in, in the technical terms. However, like aesthetically. But spe- I think it should work out. I think the, the, the emphasis needs to be that it has to work a hundred percent flawlessly. It, it, it can't kind of kind of work most of the times. It yeah. has to work in any scenario all the time as a basic. Yeah, for sure. Functionality has to like it is a must, but I'm not saying that aesthetic isn't. The aesthetic should really depend on, for example, in, in our case, it's the brand about like it's all about bringing the brand right. forward or to bring up their sales or to right. to communicate the brand's identity as you walk through the store or as you walk through the salon or the spa or whatever like whatever right. the commercial space may be right. but in one line if i were to say like the most perfect dis- definition so far as of today for me would be good interior design is to create a holistic multi-sensory experience which is in alignment with the brand or the business's identity that seems like it's a very obviously well thought out well written kind of phrase mm-hmm. which rightly so it should be but then yeah my next question would be obviously then what does that mean to you like give me an example of what is a multi-sensory experience? What are you looking to design when you say multi-sensory experience? So multi-sensory experiences involving as many as senses as you can, which is touch, sight, right? Okay, taste when it comes to F and B, it has to be a very important part of it. Smell, for example, like to be able to customize a scent for a particular brand by knowing the attributes of the personality of the brand that would be like as soon as you walk into the store not only is it visually in alignment with what uh, the store looks like however it's also it also smells in a particular way so right right so i mean that has a lasting impact especially like for me it's the smell like it really has a lasting impact on a brand right along with the visuals right i think uh, there was there was a few um, studies done about how the sense of smell actually is the is one of the senses that actually impact memory mm. the most meaning a lot of your memories if you actually think about them they actually have the image kind of gets blurred over time yeah but, but the smell is really you always remember the smell which which makes a lot of sense mm. and uh, this is something which 
actually my sister kind of does um like it's her job she's um, she's into perfumes and so on oh wow that's so exciting so she keeps telling me about um, how you know she you know picks up scents but when she picks up scents she's like she's she's like a proper nose that's mm. the term now okay so she actually can like break down stuff so mm-hmm. she can say oh you know that's a bit of you know uh musk and a bit of you know this and that and so mm. on so whenever i take her to stores whenever there's a very if it hits her immediately mm. i know that that was intentional mm. i know that that wasn't a random scent somewhere mm. someone actually designed that store to mm. have that scent at that time yeah at that point where you just walk in mm. you want to create a multisensory experience a mm. big other one is the sense of touch right yes okay so my question would then be mm-hmm. how important is something like ffne if the sense of touch is a sense that you want to invigorate or a sense that you want to activate whatever mm-hmm. it may be is that probably why in the field there are so many more ffne specialists and mm-hmm. ffne you know firms that specialize only in that mm-hmm. as compared to interior designers who do ffne i think my question is i want to understand can an interior designer do ffne and if so what is the difference with an interior designer and an ffne specialist okay so or is there any difference at all even i don't know they 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 definitely okay interior design is a, a broad term for example like it is a broad term and then ffne is every interior designer must know how to do ffne right uh, it's not just ffne by the way it's ffne and finishes finishes is everything that is on the wall and it stays like on it fixed yeah yeah fixed but ffne is anything that can be moved out or right. for example a rug but a carpet is a finish for example um yeah so ffne is everything that can be right. moved out of the space and moved into the space and you can kind of play around with it i've heard a good uh, a good metaphor for this this is something which my director has told me mm. which i'm sure someone has told him back in the day but i find it the most like simplest way to explain it which mm. is if you were to kind of uh, take your design um as a small box in your hand mm-hmm. and you were to kind of like shake that box around like yeah. in your hand like constantly just like whirl it around and then kind of empty the contents out yeah whatever stays in the box would is be finishes would be finishes and whatever falls out <laughs> is the ffne is the ffne or, i mean i know it's a very rudimentary way to explain it i'm sure but it's is, a very clear way of explaining something right i mean of course there are exceptions i'm sure but mm. for the most part that is what it it is, is actually it is actually what it like it is actually what you it's, it it appears to be that ffne is like selecting pretty things and from the off the shelf and like oh that's pretty let's just use it oh that's pretty let's just use that right. but it's it's actually not like that it's even so i would like to speak for both in ffne and finishes the person doesn't have to be a specialist but they should definitely know what it is all about and yeah like i said it's not just picking out pretty things it needs to be in alignment with the brand but it also has to be of good quality and of course taking, i mean that's that's kind of a given yeah I mean. but here in dubai what i've seen is that everything sort of gets value engineered <laughs> It's kind of like uh, a requirement now. Like I get surprised when people <laughs> don't do it now. 
if it is a high end project it definitely goes through and right. like everything is as per the specification even when it because every uh, ffne like every piece of furniture that you specify it's you can't just specify as is especially if it is a high end brand it has its lead times that you have to consider it has every like element of that furniture can possibly be customized for example in terms of the size the finish and every when you're doing the specification sheet you have to ensure that the quantities are because you're responsible for a huge of course it is a huge responsibility and that and that also then impacts if say you mess it up for example mm-hmm. that would also impact you know like you said lead times yeah. and that impacts when the project gets delivered mm. and then that impacts when you know the client can go into business so it's quite a very understated role yeah. but i mean it's a very understated task mm. yeah, yeah sure, like sure. when i joined it was i just thought it was like whatever and everybody told me that no it is important but as i am going through it like as i'm working on it as i'm getting more involved in it now right. that i realized that it is actually a very important it it actually plays a very important role because you have to specify like i said each and every small detail right so that's kind of where we're at now mm. right i mean that's kind of how things operate now yeah i'm looking to understand from you from an it point of view now this is a little more holistic mm. right uh obviously with keeping you know the market that we are in right now mm. as you know some kind of reference point mm-hmm. where do you actually see the field moving towards in the next say Five years. I mean, what are the what are the trends we should be looking out for? Maybe something in design, maybe something in materials, any kind of overall design ethos which is kind of you know picking up now, which might become a big thing in the next five years or so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so obviously we have heard a lot of green design, a sustainable design, and like picking out materials by being conscientious of how you're impacting the environment. especially dubai taking a lot of initiatives to do green design and sustainable design that that is already happening however what i really appreciate and i really like dubai what dubai is doing is that it is incorporating even the heritage side of it the history side of it which to such a global centric community it is trying to also commu- like yes it's it is becoming a global centric community like dubai is something very global but at the same time it is trying to communicate its cultural values its uh, historical background and one of my favorite projects is alsif now if you have seen like they are trying to incorporate like it is an extension of bastakia one of my favorite projects by uh, godwin austin johnson right so i like how they have their heritage side sort of a sort of more extended and then there is the second half of it which gears more towards the modern side of it like right so you have your emirati side of it or the the dubai side of it the the actual true dubai side of it and then there is the the dubai approaching towards a more global centric i never actually i mean now that you say it to me it makes sense i never really saw it that way i always I always thought that that particular project was a little fractured mm. because clearly there's such a you know clear definition between the heritage side of design and the modern side of design. Mm. I I probably would have wanted something a little more mixed. It seems mm. like you're literally like transitioning into something entirely different. Mm. which kind of makes sense now that i now that i say it out loud. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense as to how that is very rep- representative of how the buy is, you know, like they had that culture for such a long time and then yeah. metaphorically speaking a few decades 
is not very long yeah to be transitioning into what <laughs> they are now and there is literally like a transition point which is so like even as you are walking right. through the space like by the way i go there every single day like right. okay right. if not every single day. shout out to our uh, friends over at gadge <laughs> uh, your project's doing really well <laughs> i you, you know what i really like about that project is like the okay the, the heritage side is definitely my most favorite side of it because uh, it's 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 really intimate no yeah walking through i mean walking through each and every lane has a different experience because it's not i mean you won't see the same thing happening over and over again yeah. as opposed to when you're going to the modern side of things right and also i i keep promoting okay i keep talking about this project to everybody who comes to dubai they have to go to alsees and especially visit the washrooms because it is something that i try to do in my i think that's a <laughs> uh, that's a architect and interior designer quirk all of us like love a well designed washroom <laughs> like i've literally come out of some of them and been like yo you need to go inside that washroom right now i mean look at that finishing bro that negative joint was like perfect <laughs> exactly for me it is you see how the way they picked out the doors the way the signage is like it is very holistic it's a huge it's a massive success for me i mean getting into that kind of detail at a large scale is very very hard is very very hard and and i think this is you either need to be knowing exactly what you're doing at like the first attempt get it right the first attempt and move on mm. or just have that much time to like figure it out through multiple iterations it's really very difficult So yeah, yeah, I I see that's where we're heading towards like a lot of the other projects I I would like to believe so is going is going to consider the is going to be culturally sensitive or sensitive to the culture of Dubai itself. Right. So a lot more cultural sensitive but projects. at this yeah, cultural sensitive projects but at the same time taking into consideration the global centric views right. along with being environmentally conscientious. Okay. That's true. That's true. I would have to agree with that. It's it's quite similar in architecture as well. Uh I I I see them going down a very similar kind of path mm. which makes things a little more reassuring reassuring for me because that would then mean that if architecture and idea going down that same route it means mm-hmm. that probably by default be more integration between architecture and id which is something which lacks here yeah. most of the time mm-hmm. just that disconnect between both fields but you would also have to include graphic design because we wouldn't be able to like so it's it's all, for me it's everything like all the parts together i'm not saying this correctly but But we're yeah. like we're like a big Lego block that's coming together. Exactly, like it has to, it has to be an intermingling or whatever. It it has to be a marriage of all the fields. Oh, marriage! <laughs> the M word. It has to be a marriage of all the fields, like graphic design, interior design, right. even product design, and I would have to say even musicians. Uh, so, for example, and I say that because there are companies out there that are. today trying to cater so like i said remember i said multi sensory experience where sound is also a part of it and you're trying to cater sounds or like the way something sounds like to again back to your brands music is also a part of that experience enough. fair enough okay yeah yeah it is it is really interesting when 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 i start to think about how 
I mean, this is something which maybe you can also like share your thoughts on. Have you ever wondered how things are rather when you're designing, right? Mm. You find inspiration in the most weirdest of places. Yeah. Right? Not all the time. It's not like you have to always be finding it from a weird place. But mm. I find that sometimes, you know, just by talking to someone or like visiting a certain place or, you know, looking at this coffee thing that I'm drinking out of. Mm. It just things like, you know, patterns and textures kind of stand out. And I, I have a theory that somewhere they're kind of saved in some kind of like temporary storage. Mm. You don't even understand it's being saved up there, but it kind of does. And then it kind of comes out randomly whenever it does. Mm. So the point which I'm trying to kind of discuss is it's scary how random that is. <laughs> it's scary that you could have this you could have this potential for this big awesome design solution but mm. what happens if it just never occurs to you or what happens if it just never gets that spark to for you to think about you know the fact that it's you know like design can be so random in a sense like that mm. that it's almost scary that what if you know that just passes to which people normally then say that yeah if that passes there's be another one yeah and another one yeah. and another and one <laughs> <laughs> but what are your thoughts on it is it as random as that to find a good idea or or do you feel you need to like exercise through yeah for me it is like i have to exercise through like for example if it is a particular i i try to make a mind map of and try to stay as relevant as possible and even if it's not relevant like mind map it out and like try to make some connections out of that out of a concept for example right. and then eventually get to where i want to get but for me it's not very so random okay yeah for me then probably that's like a my thing <laughs> so earlier when we were talking about ffne and finishes invigorating the senses yeah. and so on there are a million suppliers clearly in mm. dubai right i mean there's no shortage of suppliers over here supplying practically everything exactly my question has about three parts the first part is how good or bad are the suppliers locally now mm-hmm. generally speaking how good or bad are they in comparison to internationally what's available b how do you as a designer vet them kind of like for lack of a better word interrogate them mm-hmm. to make sure that they're a good fit for your project yeah and c would be how have you seen is their service throughout the project so how good or bad are they in comparison to international standards mm-hmm. uh how do you vet them and how are they during the entire design process okay yeah so first of all a lot of the local suppliers still don't have local stocks to be honest and even though we were to specify i mean yeah there are local suppliers doing making things locally and supplying them locally but still there in dubai a lot of the suppliers are more international based and which means that we would have longer lead times and then like dubai is a place where everything is so like super quick like quick service and all of that but what we're still lacking is actually having local stocks of supplies in the market because people are i don't know how to like is it actually a thing that people are scared of not being able to sell not being able to sell not being able to sell their products it's it's true because 
I guess the projects vary so much here. I mean, there would be obviously a few things which they know will obviously move. Mm. So they can keep that in a lot of stock. Yeah. But Dubai is also a place where people do a lot of risky stuff. I mean, there's a lot of weird things that you could need. Mm. But then I can see as a supplier how he or she would feel scared to stock that because he'd spend so much money and effort in getting that. And then it would just stock up in a warehouse where he's paying rent exactly and he doesn't know if it'll actually move or not so so uh, but then what so generally what happens is that for example we've done uh let's say an fnb project and we specified lighting for example we specified lighting like decorative lighting for example and then even if it gets approved by the client in terms of budget right when it comes to like actually building it the contractors yes yes the con- what happens is that the contractors would have probably not placed the order on time so that they can then right. have a very sneaky variation and be like oh so sorry about that fact but check out this other two suppliers who we have <laughs> exactly to get their i don't like to get their their financial be- gain or benefit true, out true, of it true. so sim- similar thing happened in i don't know if i want to name the project but one of the okay. projects that we worked on lighting the client loved it, it was awesome and then when it came to actually installing it on site there was nothing on in stock and then the client had to go like shop by shop and like hand pick man that's really sad when that happens i mean it, that that happens a lot more than it should mm. and it just it just i mean for me it's a very sad thing when that happens i feel really bad not not for the project but more for the client yeah because that client actually bought into your vision and actually bought into what your idea was and when that doesn't work out and it has to go down to you mm. know that kind of extent it's just really sad it is it is it's, it's one of the things i think about for designers in general mm. i mean not just for like id but like mm. in general i'm sure there are other designers who have these the exact same problem yeah but for us it's i mean we're not just doing things because oh my god it's pretty but we're also doing things because it's actually good for the client and it's actually good for the of course there's a lot of thought behind it yeah it's it's not it's not a random thing that you're just picking out of a catalog Mm. it it just kind of sucks when that you know doesn't doesn't work out the way that is supposed to but that then kind of answers question two which was then how do you vet your suppliers do you mm-hmm. have a certain kind of checklist which maybe you go through in your mind or is there a certain checklist which you as say a company kind of operate through like yeah. how does i mean how do you say so we like, shortlist someone or approve someone okay so it like there are various different kinds of suppliers and i meet suppliers like at least two like at least two different suppliers every week and uh, which 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 seems like a common thing that you would be doing yeah right. uh and for me like i i try to meet as many people as i can so that like and try to be as resourceful as possible to the right. to the organization but uh we try to categorize the suppliers in terms of first the budget like high end low end mid end and then when it comes to lead times like longer lead times short lead times in stock then again depending upon the project we then try to specify that in terms of like high end low end and then is it is it okay if it's like longer lead time shorter lead time or right. like do you need immediate stock right for something and then also for us like it's even the requirement of samples because at the end of the day we have to even submit a sample board to, of course. to our clients so like how quickly the samples are going to be available right. for them right 
Okay. And then finally, the third point would be um, during the entire construction process. So now they've received the order, money has moved for local suppliers again here. Mm. How do you see their involvement throughout the project? Do you feel like it could be better? Do you feel like they're doing enough? Do you feel like they're lacking? I mean, I'm sure it varies from, you know, different products and different finishes, but generally speaking, as a market standard, do you feel like they're on point with their service throughout the project? I feel like it is a lot more even before sales, not just after sales. Like how, because as a design agency, you want to have the best for your project, right? And so you try to source things from as many suppliers as you can and like see what's best for your project and there are there are a mixed bag of like suppliers here in the market like there are some some people who are really good like really really good and then there are some people who are just okay and not so like up to the standard but yeah one of my favorite suppliers here is sensi because it has a very dubai service like everything is so (laughs) in dubai service (laughs) yeah dubai is like instant samples take away (laughs) (laughs) everything is so Dubai like even like the way the customer services like I deal with Amir from Sensi and like I shout out to Amir for (laughs) doing a good job clearly yeah like if I just would have to send him a picture on WhatsApp or like just give him a call and he would understand exactly what we need but that's an example of and 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 provide us samples within hours sometimes if not days true but that's probably an example about how he actually understands the project he's not Mm. just thinking from like a sales point of view that i have to move this amount of this product to meet Mm. my target at the end of the month he's thinking about how the project is right yeah i mean i'm just assuming that's what he does i'm yeah (laughs) i'm assuming so as well no i'm like he's doing a really good job but even so then what would be then the contrast to that because you said it was a mixed bag right so Mm. then if that's the really good what's then the really bad (laughs) For for me, like I've had a very not so good experience okay. in. Um, so usually a sample would take about a week to order, a week or sometimes even less. But if it's a very special sample, it would take about two weeks. However, like this one hasn't even been like a special sample. It was just it was just a laminate sample, okay. And it actually took two week, like it just took me a week to get my request through first of all <laughs> and then another week and a half to let me follow up and ensuring that oh am i gonna actually get the sample on time and then no response from the from the end and then right. a month and a half later when the person arrives the samples are not even the right samples wow uh, i mean partially like there are some samples missing there are some samples there but i'm i'm hoping that was just like one time that it happened and that it doesn't happen again and well sure i mean everyone has the benefit of doubt i guess to an extent <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean yeah i mean that's a good example of yeah the, the really bad then that yeah. makes sense so 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 then you're saying as an average it's a mix of both of those a, experiences yeah okay which is not that bad. I mean, I it's, guess it. I guess it could be worse. <laughs> um, it could be better, also, obviously. Yeah. But okay. I mean, that's that's a that's a fairly decent um, understanding then mm. of what the market's like. Uh, and finally, the last question that I have is: Are there any passion projects that you have on your mind which you'd want to explore? 
I I really want to design a community project wherein okay. uh, I can create a self-sustaining community. If going back to how I did my graduation project, which was an urban hamlet for Syrian refugees, so it is trying to so, uh, resolving a real community issue. Okay. That would actually be one of my dream projects, as it goes back to who I am as a person, and I and for me it's very important for being able to give back to the community. Like being so fortunate to be a part of being in this part of the world, like you've been so fortunate enough to get all of the luxury and all of the. So you'd want to focus more on say community centric designs. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool then. Cool. I guess that kind of brings us to the end of the interview. Yes. So I would like to once again say thank you very much for having. <laughs> no, thank you very much for inviting. Do people like know what I'm going to say already? I might as well just not say. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, man, uh, this is something which um, a lot of these questions were very personal to me because I've just wanted to know more about it. Mm. I consider my knowledge on the field to be quite ignorant, and I'm very happy to say that I am. But I feel like after what I heard today, I feel like I know a little bit more. About the field for sure. I, I hope so. And I'm sure so have our listeners. Um, even if it wasn't about the field, just about overall design in the region, I think this was quite beneficial. So thank you very much thank for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me on the show. And on that note, we'll see you guys next week. Have an awesome day ahead. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the complete episode. It means the world to us that you did. As you probably know, this episode along with a host of many others are available on all of your favorite streaming platforms. If this episode in any way added value to you, please subscribe to us and leave us a review. It really helps us get the show out there to a much 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 larger audience. Feel free to share the episode with your friends, your colleagues or anyone who may benefit from it. Meanwhile, if you'd like to get in touch with us, follow us on Instagram at aform.studio, that is at aform.studio and send us a DM. That's it. It's that easy. <laughs> All right guys, this has been awesome and we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>